You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. I'm going to start by reading a scripture. And if it's easier for me to speak without, am I sounding as bad as I think I sound? It's not as bad? Okay, good. All right. And I know it's not because of you guys, your geniuses. We're in a tent in a storm. (laughs) It's a big deal. It's a lot to pull up. But I just want to start by telling you, I love you. So glad you're here. (laughs) I know San Diego doesn't like rain. It's usually one drop of rain and we're stockpiling toilet paper and water bottles and staying home going brrrr. So God bless you, you faithful men and women. And I just want to make sure that we got a count of everybody who raised their hand and you can promise me that we're going to look after them at service end. Yeah, awesome. All right, so I want to start by reading this scripture. Um, I have been preaching this word for around 20 years and it's the word that I, um, I felt to bring today. I did have something else prepared that I will bring another time, but I felt to bring this specific word today. Um, in fact, your campus pastor, Pastor Lisa, uh, reminded me of this particular Bible story and I just felt it not leave my spirit. And the title of the message, if you need a title, is Stand Your Ground. Amen. So here's what I want to want to do. I want to uh, reveal how the enemy works, how he comes against you, how he comes against the church and a nation, and then I'm going to tell you what the church's and the individual's response should be. But I want to start with this scripture, Proverbs 21, starting in verse 29. The wicked wear a defiant face. But the right living, the righteous, plan their path. No one, somebody say no one, is wise enough or smart enough. And no plan, somebody say no plan, is good enough to stand up to the eternal. No matter how well you arm for battle, the victory is determined by God. So I want to just premise this whole scripture, this whole story. We're going to have a little bit of a Bible study. Uh, I'd love it if you'd turn in your Bibles to the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter number 32. I'm going to speak to you about one of my favorite kings. His name is King Hezekiah. And uh, he was in this situation. He was leader over all of Israel. And he was a faithful king. He restored honor in the church prior to him leading the nation of Israel. The church was shut up and it was actually a place used for people to bring their trash and their garbage. So they had replaced worship in the house of God for making it a trash heap. But when King Hezekiah came into power, he changed everything and he brought honor back into the house of God again. He tore down all the false altars of Baal and Asherah and all the wicked things that the people of God had been worshipping in their spare time. And he declared and decreed that God's people would serve the one true God, Jehovah, and him alone. Okay, sounds amazing, huh? We like this guy. We like Hezekiah. But then this is how chapter 32 starts. After these deeds of faithfulness, those deeds being the one I just, ones I just told you about, Sennacherib, 
And he's the enemy, so that's where we go, er, er. Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and entered Judah. He encamped against the fortified cities, thinking to win them over to himself. And when Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib, er, had come, and that his purpose was to make war against Jerusalem, against God, against the people of God, he consulted with his leaders and commanders to stop the water, that's a prophetic word, from the springs, which were outside the city, and they helped him. Okay, what's the first, so what's the first thing we see here? One of the uh, things that I need to reveal about our adversary, the devil. The fact that it doesn't matter if you're living righteously or not. In fact, when you are, he's going to do everything in his power to thwart your attempts to live for God. True in the church, true for the individual. And many of you may be facing battles right now and thinking, what have I done wrong? Where is God? Well, in some cases, maybe you are up to no good and you're living in the consequences. However, there are times where your very righteousness and stand for God is a magnet to a demonic attack. And I believe that's a part of what we're facing in America today. So here's what King Hezekiah did. He didn't try to fight alone. He didn't go off in a little cave and try to get his own little prophetic word. The Bible says that he stood and got counsel with his leaders and they helped him. You know, there are powers and forces in this state saying the church is not essential. And I believe it was a demonic decree because the enemy knows how powerful the community of believers is. So if I can give you a word as your pastor and shepherd that loves you today, no matter what is happening in your life, fair weather or not, find yourself in the house of God surrounded by a company of people who give you counsel when it feels like your life is under attack. That's what King Hezekiah did. He wasn't a lone ranger. He didn't try to take care of business all on his own. He availed himself of the counsel and the leadership that was around him. And then they gave him the best advice. They gave him the winning plan. Do you know what it was? Let's cut off the springs that the camp of Assyria are drinking from and sustaining and getting their strength from. So they cut off the enemy's fuel supply. That's a word for some people today. What do you need to cut off to stop feeding the enemies that are trying to destroy you and your family? Some of you, it's as simple as just turning off the news. Ah, I'm telling you, I had to do that. You know what? And all of a sudden, it's like the sun started to shine again and life felt like it could be amazing. And I, I felt anxiety leave and discouragement lift. It was a... Ma- Some of us need to cut off the enemy's fuel supply. What access are you allowing the enemy in your life that's making you miserable, that's maybe feeding a temptation in you that is destroying your life? And King Hezekiah listened to this counsel from his mighty men and immediately you got to understand that a starved enemy is a weakened enemy. So I want you to just take a moment to look within yourself right now. What are you feeding that you should be starving? It's gonna be different for everybody in this room. Maybe for some of us it's relationships and every time you're around them you feel slimed. You feel discouraged in yourself. 
you feel less than, you feel hopeless, or maybe they tempt you into doing things that you know you shouldn't be doing as a man or woman of God. Cut it off, cut it off, cut it off, cut it off. Cut off the enemy's fuel supply. That's the first thing he did. And they all gathered together, hallelujah and amen. And he strengthened himself. He built up the wall that was broken. He raised it up to the towers and built another wall around it. And he repaired the Milo in the city of David. And he made weapons and shields in abundance. That's where I want to land on that particular scripture in this point. It's time for the church to rise up in the weapons of their warfare. The enemy has been able to steal a whole lot of things from American Christians because we put our swords down. It's not the time right now to be putting your sword down, my friends. It's time to pick it up. Pick up the Word of God. The Bible tells us what the weapons of our warfare are, and they aren't natural. I'm all about the Second Amendment. By all means, buy all those guns. Get all the ammunition. But understand, our wrestle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And you can't use your AK-15 or whatever it is against those bad boys. And I'm hoping, my friends, that your spiritual muscles are stronger than your physical ones. God is not as impressed by our photos of ourselves when we leave the gym. Hashtag beast mode with muscles on our muscles on our muscles. But what do your spiritual muscles look like? I may be a wimp in the natural. I may not be able to beat you in a fight in the natural. But I tell you what, when I walk in the room, the devil shakes because I am a woman of prayer and a woman of faith, and I know that no weapon formed against me or the church of Jesus Christ will prosper. Glory, hallelujah. We just made it an official tent meeting. But, but I so mean it. You're not disempowered in the battles we face in life. God has given you His Word. Lift. I'm telling you, the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. Everything you're facing, there is a word that you can shoot out like an arrow, a sword you can wield and slice that enemy, slice him again, slice him again. And sometimes we get discouraged because in a natural fight, you can see if you're winning really easily. But in a spiritual one, it's a lot harder to discern, but understand every time you wield that sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, you do severe damage to the encampment of the enemy. What are you facing today? Mum, dad, single person, employer, employee, where the enemy has been coming against something that is precious to you and you're, and you're needing to bring a word. You're needing to bring, dig in the Word of God. When my son was caught up in addiction for many, many, many years, I had to dig in the Word of God for a sword. The Second Amendment has given us the right to bear arms. Uh, they didn't get that idea from out of the air. They got it from the Word of God. Our God is the God of the Second Amendment and He gives us the right to bear spiritual arms. Are you making the most of your biblical Second Amendment? Are you wielding that sword or are you just going, oh dear, well, I guess that's it. I guess that's how it's going to be. What? Come on, Church of Jesus Christ. Stand up. Dig in the Bible for a word of send it out like an arrow. When David sent forth that rock that hit Goliath firm in the forehead, do not tell me it's because he was a skillful rock thrower. 
He was 15. He was, he was uncoordinated, I'm sure, as all get out. How many 15-year-olds do you know that don't still look kind of like teenage girls at that stage? And yet he managed to take out a man of war in his youth. It was the reflection of what you and I do every time we send out the word, send out the word, send out the word, dig in the word. I love that Hezekiah made weapons and shields in abundance. He knew that this fight was not going to be won without the right weaponry. Are you trying to engage in battles without the right weaponry? Well, if you are, it's time to stop that. All right. Then he set military captains over the people. Gosh, he got straight to action, didn't he? And he gathered them together in the open square of the city and gave them encouragement. How many people need a word of encouragement today? How many of you love it when you hear from somebody who's encouraging? If you're an encouraging person, you are a gift. Be strong and courageous, he said, and do not be afraid nor dismayed before the king of Assyria. Now, I want to stop here because I want to tell you, Sennacherib and the Assyrians were a very real threat. They weren't some limp-wristed army that had been, you know, contested and taken down everywhere they went. They were a one-nation wrecking ball that had defeated Every nation that they'd come up against, this was a sophisticated army of savages. And they were coming against the children of God. So King Hezekiah bringing encouragement here. It's not him, oh, guys, we're going to be fine. It was a declaration of faith. My friends, it may look hopeless, it may look helpless, but you've got to understand God is with us. And when God is with us, who or what can stand against us? So he said, don't don't be discouraged, for there are more with us than with him. And here's a good point for me to remind you that I, I need you to understand as much as we can see demonic forces at work in our lives, Uh, in our cities, in our communities, in our nation, please understand that there are twice as many angels as there are demons. Sometimes we forget that. God is the God of angel armies. So every time you feel the presence of a demonic spirit, understand there are two bad A angels who are backing you up in prayer because there are more that are with us than are against us. And you may not see it in the natural, but you don't need to. And he said, with him is an arm of flesh. He's using fleshly weaponry, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. The Lord is your helper. The Lord is your helper. The Lord will not leave you. The Lord will not forsake you. And then the people were strengthened by the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. I want to ask all the dads, particularly all the men, and then I'll get to the ladies. Do your words strengthen your family, the people that you have influence over, or do they weaken them? Are you a doomsday prepper? Are you very quick to point out the most critical version of how things look or the worst case scenario? We need more than ever men of God. Yes, I'm going to make it personal. Men of God, because I'm telling you, the women are fighters. But we need some men who know how to stand up and fight. We really do. And I'm not ashamed to say it. 
Because here's the thing, if the women always do all the fighting and they're in the prayer meetings, they're getting up early and they're turning themselves inside out for the spirit of God and the men are just sitting at home babysitting the kids, guess what? Your wife is going to get mean. Mean and angry and then you'll complain that she's mean. But she's asked, she has to be because she's got to carry every burden, the men's and the women's. And I am speaking prophetically right now. It's time for men to stand up. Do your words strengthen your family? Uh, I really pray that the women are bright and positive and set an atmosphere of faith in their home. But can I be honest with you? It's more important that the men do, that the dads do, that the husbands do. Because there are times because of the nature of my DNA as a female, because I'm a feeler, and that's the way God created me, that I will tend to go a little bit to the emotional, but what if, and I don't know. That's where we need men of God to not come in and amen our anxiety and our nerves and our what ifs, but stand up like King Hezekiah did and said, oh my gosh, there is more with us than against us. God is going to bring us through. The battle belongs to the Lord. Speak faith, speak encouragement. Can I ask you men, do your words strengthen your family or do they weaken them? I know it's tight, but it's right. After this, Sennacherib, the enemy sent his servants to Jerusalem, but he and all the forces with him laid siege at Lachash to Hezekiah, king of Judah, and to all Judah who were in Jerusalem. And thus says Sennacherib, king of Assyria, in what do you trust that you remain under siege in Jerusalem? You're noticing this mocking tone, a hopeless tone. Why are you even trying? Maybe you're facing a situation today in your personal life a battle and a struggle, and the devil in his mocking tone whispers to you, what are you even trying for? You'll never beat this addiction. Lie. Do you know I have met multitudes, literally multitudes in this church who have stood against the Goliath of addiction and brought it down in Jesus' name and are now living testimonies and trophies of the fact that nothing is impossible for our God. So when the enemy whispers to you, like Sennacherib, in what do you trust? Does not Hezekiah persuade you to give yourselves over to die by famine and by thirst, saying, the Lord our God will deliver us from the hand of the king of Syria? Has not the same Hezekiah taken away his, his high places and his altars and commanded Judah and Jerusalem, saying, you shall worship before one altar and burn incense on it? Right here, Sennacherib is intimidating and slandering Hezekiah. Do you not know what I and my fathers have done to all the peoples of other lands? Were the gods of those nations, of those lands in any way able to deliver their lands out of my hands? It's hopeless, Sennacherib is saying. Why are you even trying? It's, a, it's an open, shut case. I'm going to win. Who was there? among all the gods of all those nations that my fathers utterly destroyed, that could deliver his people from my hand. And you think that your God should be able to deliver you from my hand? Now, therefore, do not let Pastor Leanne deceive you. Do not let Pastor Michael, oh, and that Pastor Jürgen, steer clear of him. He just says things he doesn't mean. He's just an encouraging person, but there's no fruit or validity to it. Don't let them persuade you like this. Life is hard. You'll always struggle. You'll never overcome this. 
and don't believe them. For no God of any nation or any kingdom was able to deliver his people from my hand or the hand of my fathers. How much less will your God be able to deliver you from my hand? The arrogance of the devil. And I want you to understand the nature of the father of lies. Do you know that he gets most Christians through, or all Christians, through deception? So instead of you actually being powerless, he just convinces you you are. Instead of you actually being without hope, he will just convince you that you are. Instead of it actually being hopeless, he will just convince you that it is. Instead of actually... uh, it being impossible for you to get freedom, he will just convince you that it is impossible that you could ever be free and that you could ever be transformed and you could ever have the testimony that which of the ones that you've heard before because it's going to be impossible. The devil is a liar. In fact, the Bible calls him the father of lies. What lies is he whispering to you today that you've been believing? Have a think about it. What lies about your future? What lies about yourself? What lies about God himself? Has he been whispering to you that you have been believing? And then furthermore, his servant spoke against the Lord God and against his servant, Hezekiah. And then he also wrote letters to revile the Lord God of Israel and to speak against him saying, Speak against him, saying, As the gods of the nations of other lands have not delivered their people from my hand, so the God of Hezekiah will not deliver his people from my hand. Then they called out with a loud voice in Hebrew. Interesting. Sennacherib and his servants were from Assyria. They were Syrian. They didn't speak here. It wasn't their first language, wasn't Hebrew. And yet they spoke out to the inhabitants of Jerusalem in Hebrew. Do you know what that tells me? The devil knows your language. He knows exactly what to say in order to bring fear and elicit intimidation in your life. He will find every means possible to get to you the worst possible outcome, the worst possible scenario, and have you rehearsing it so much that you believe it. Why am I telling you this? Because I need you to recognize the voice of the enemy when he speaks. The Bible says, my sheep, speaking of Jesus in the book of John, know the sound of my voice. And a stranger's voice, they will not follow. How do we understand or determine how to make the distinction between the voice of the thief, the voice of Sennacherib, and the voice of God? Well, we gotta get in the Word. So when the enemy comes at you and says it's hopeless, it'll never change, you're you're forsaken, God doesn't love you, nobody likes you, you grab a hold of the Word of God. What does God say? What does God say? When we were faced with some of the worst diagnoses that you would ever want spoken over your child by medical professionals. And in this story of Hezekiah, we see that they also wrote letters Maybe you've not just had the enemy speaking to you, but you've had emails. You've had papers put in your hands trying to give you a certain verdict and saying this is the outcome. I want you to understand today, the devil will go about any means possible to get the negative worst case scenario of defeat in your hands. But the Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord raises up a standard against him. Will you dig in the Word of the Lord? Will you dig? When we got 
the, uh, the diagnosis for our son over his mental health and his future, we had an opportunity to receive what those people were saying or we could do like the Bible tells us and believe in the report of the Lord. And, you know, I went and I dug, and I know I've told this story before, but I believe it's going to help people. I dug in the Word of God, and God said to me, Leanne, don't believe the narration of what the experts are telling you. Do you know what I see over your son and his future? He's going to be the fruition of Psalm 1. He will be like a tree planted by rivers of living water. He will bring forth his fruit in season and everything he does will prosper. I'm living in that reality today. It wasn't but five years ago I was faced with a child who it, it just looked like the worst in the natural. It looked hopeless. But as I began to prophesy the word of the Lord, hey, the enemy handed me literature. He knew how to speak my language. He knew exactly what to say to my mother's heart to trigger fear and intimidation. But instead, every time I felt him speaking, I would declare the word of the Lord and I would shoot back at that enemy, God's version of how things would end. He will be like a tree planted by rivers of living water and everything he does will prosper. Not even six months ago, I got to see my son marry the love of his life. He's planted in the house of God. He's happy. He's prosperous. He just got his second promotion. He's in love with God. He's leading people to Jesus. He's a mighty evangelist. Don't tell me it's over. It ain't over. God always has the final say. The wicked may have a defiant face. They may prepare their army, their horses and chariots for battle. But God declares who will be victorious. And I declare over to you today and this nation, you will be victorious. So all this was happening. This sophisticated army came against Hezekiah and all of Israel. And the Bible says that because of this, Isaiah and King Hezekiah got together and they prayed. Never underestimate the power of prayer. You and I get to talk to God. Somebody write that down. Somebody needs to get that tattoo. Instead of getting the heart with mum written in the middle, tattoo, I get to talk to God. So every time you feel worried or anxious about anything, I get to talk to God. And when you get to talk to God, it's like you are sending up the bat sing signal to the most powerful, well, you are, to the most powerful being in the entire universe. And when we pray to God, angels respond. Angelic hosts hear from heaven and God sends them on assignment to do warfare in your situation. Don't stop praying. Don't quit praying. The Bible tells us in the book of 2 Chronicles, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, I will hear. I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Father, we thank you. You, you are healing our land. You are healing the nation of America. You are healing her people in this hour. And as Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah prayed, the Bible says that God sent one angel. One, that's all it took. Imagine that. He's the God of angel armies. But all he had to do was send one angel. And that one 
angel, the Bible says, took down every mighty man in the camp of Assyria. This hopeless situation all of a sudden was overturned because of the prayers of a righteous king who didn't settle when the enemy said he should settle, who didn't see it as hopeless when the enemy tried to convince him it was hopeless. He stood up in prayer and he stood up in faith. And the enemy was wiped out. And the Bible says that this evil, evil enemy, Sennacherib, grrr, went back to his own land, defeated and shame-faced. And then some of his own party killed him by the sword there. Imagine that. I'm declaring over you today that you will go back to you. You will see that the enemy is in your life is going to go back to his own land, defeated and shame-faced. All those who, to, who try to defy the children of God, the plan and purpose that He has for their lives, their family, the future, the cities that they represent, we believe in the name of Jesus, God is pushing them back. Angel armies are being released and we're going to see breakthrough and great victory in this land and in the United States of America in Jesus' mighty name. And then it says, Thus the Lord saved Hezekiah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem from the hand of Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, and from the hand of all others. And he guided them on every side. Just stand to your feet, if you will, and just lift your hands. God saved the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and he guided them on every side. Father, I thank you for every person here today that may be facing a Hezekiah-sized battle. I thank you that in your word, these stories are not put to, to discourage us or dangle in front of us a carrot that we will never attain. Father, but we are to read them and then cite precedent. Father, we declare what you did for Hezekiah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, you're going to do in the lives of the people here today. I know there are people here and you're worried about your financial situation. There are some issues that you're facing relationally with employers, with, with marriage relationships, friendship, friendships, some of you in deep despair, depression and anxiety. And the devil has been whispering to you that you'll never win, that you'll always live in defeat and things are hopeless. I come as a messenger of the Lord today to tell you that that is a lie of the enemy. And as you stand with God, you're going to see your enemies chase back to their own land, defeated and shamefaced. Lift your hands to the Lord. Father, I thank you right now for these people. I thank you for your hand upon them. Father, we declare right now over every life, every battle that is represented here today, every discouraged heart, Father, we thank you that our strength is in the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. Father, you would raise up prayer warriors, men and women who fight on their knees for their families, for their nations, Father, for, for their communities, God, for everything that You have put under their feet. Father, we thank You right now they would be diligent to pray and to seek Your face and to cry out to heaven. And we come against every principality and power in the Name of Jesus that is trying to exalt itself illegitimately over this nation. We declare right now under the Spirit of God, You will be defeated and return to your own land defeated and shame-faced because the battle 
belongs to the Lord. And Father, we pray for our nation. We pray for the United States of America. We thank You that we are one nation, indivisible, united with liberty and justice for all. We thank You that truth and light and life and justice would reign across this great land. And we declare, God, bless America. God, keep America. God, let your face shine upon her in Jesus' name. And somebody shouted, Amen, Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.